Um, I'm David Punter. I'm the Business Development uh, Director for Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services. And I'm proud and pleased to say that I've got with me... Natalie Pickett, Head of Procurement for QLS in Docklands. Natalie, we're obviously delighted that uh, um, for our, one of our uh, initial podcasts, uh, we want to talk a, a little bit about procurement. And uh, really, we've had a nice chat uh, before this meeting, and, uh, and uh, we really wanted to try and understand a little bit about your journey um, entering into procurement and how it started. You've obviously been in it for a very long period of time. Thank you for reminding me about my age. Thank you. Uh, I, I, if I could look <laughs> as good as you, Natalie, I would be a very, very happy man. Um, so you started in procurement almost by default, or what was the, what's your story there? Um, accidentally, when you talk to doctor or soldier, lawyer or cosmonaut, majority of them they dreamt to be in their specialty from childhood. Yeah. But I've never met any procurement person who wanted to be procurement from kindergarten. Never ever. Majority of us ended up in procurement sort of accidentally, and then. Um, fell in love with this um, job and stay there forever. Um, I studied artificial intelligence in Moscow Railway University, then moved to computer um, services and logistics, then to computer procurement, and then to procurement of everything. So this and is and so did you not want to continue with artificial intelligence? Obviously, is something that's really um, out there now. Um, and is it something that you didn't want to pursue or what was the reason for that sudden change of direction? Um, we have a joke, you can cut it off if you want, that if a blonde girl dye her colour, her hair to brunette, it's called artificial intelligence. So, so this... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, no, probably... Uh, no, I was good at what I was doing. I started to, to do my PhD and the rest of it in my university. But then um, all changes in Russia happened, perestroika and the rest of it, and uh, I needed money, so I started to work in um, uh, computer science uh, companies and then okay. sort of deviate from artificial intelligence to uh, computer services, logistics, and then to procurement. Okay, and so now obviously you're well established in the, and, and, and been through a number of uh, procurement roles. Um, what is it you like about procurement? If I was a new person, let's say, just coming into procurement and I'm excited about it, I've just graduated from university, I also did artificial intelligence, let's say, and um, how... how What's it that uh, you like about it that would attract me to join that field? I'm not sure about you, but what attracts me is that procurement, we're in the middle of everything. What, whatever is going on in the company, it can be uh, engineering or HR or marketing or whatever, we will be in the middle. One way or another, we will participate in this project. So it, it is great and it's never a dull moment. So it kind of, it's, it's a role that... It, it crosses over so many different departments. All of them, yes. Right. So, yeah, I can see why that would be attractive, because you kind of got your fingers in every pie. And every day you learn something new. And, as the saying goes, 
someone in procurement or even facilities management wear many hats, right? Indeed, yeah, I think uh, it, it sounds uh, a, a really important thing that um, just going, moving on a little bit into industry, so tell me a little bit about where you are now, so now you work in an industry or industries, what, what does your company do? Oh. Industries public transport. Uh, our company um, is running um, Docklands Light Railway. We are uh, operator and maintainer of Docklands Light Railway. Okay. Uh, also, Keolis, uh, we um, run Manchester Metrolink, again, maintain and operator, and Nottingham Trams. This is our presence in the UK. Okay. So, are you just in the UK for your procurement, or do you do work overseas? No. Uh, me personally, UK only, but company is global. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot of procurement peers across the globe in, in every continent, apart okay. from Antarctica. And, and what skills um, are required uh, uh, to do your job? Oh, probably like every job. It is common sense, it's risk management, it is creativity and um, problem solving skills. Obviously, number crunching a little bit, and the irresistible charm is given. <laughs> well, you certainly have lots of that, and uh, and I think that you know that that's an important thing in terms of engagement with suppliers and um, and procurement increasingly now because we're sort of at arm's length quite a lot of the time. So just just give me an an idea, really. What 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 does a sort of typical day look like for Natalia? Uh, there is never a typical day uh, because all days they're pretty different but um, not sure what level of details do you need but... As much uh, as you can give Natalia. <laughs> um, uh, morning coffee on my, my balcony with the view to Royal Docks. That's and, nice. And City Airport, yes it, it is nice. Uh, then my cats will remind me that they need breakfast as well, uh, so sort of my own moment in the morning has uh, set me out for the day. Uh, then I drive to office or um, use DLR, depends on how much I need to uh, to bring with me. Um, I'm like just 30 minutes away. And then I have my to-do list, what I plan for this day and just go through this list, depends on priorities, importance and uh, sometimes who is shouting louder. And, and, and part of your team, so you, you've got a small team yes. in, in London, yeah. and you mentioned you've got a small uh, another team in Manchester yeah. as well. Yeah. So are you um, having group meetings with them on a regular basis? How is that? Yes, because we we do this um, sort of flexible working, we're not every day, we're in the office sometimes, uh, from home sometimes in different depot or um, uh, different cities. But yes, we meet on a regular basis and just share uh, our experience, our um, plans, and how we can help each other. Okay. And do you have, uh, uh, during that sort of typical day or week, do you have regular meetings with the other different departments? Because obviously we talked about, you know, you're wearing many hats. 
and uh, and that are you one minute talking to let's say I don't know HR about a recruitment of a key position, or are you thinking oh I need some engineers for this, or is it is it that chaotic or? No, no, it is not. Normally, majority of conversations are um, set up during the budgeting period. Okay. So I I roughly know what we need when we need. So you have a timeline that you pretty much one year to the next is the same. Yeah, uh, yes. Beauty of procurement job that it is, um, I can plan. It, it surprises can happen, but very rarely I can plan it. So and very rarely something is urgent. If something is urgent, means something didn't do their job properly. Right. Um, and do you pull them up on that? Um, I will give them gentle Russian hint. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> Uh, but no, of course, accidents can happen, and if some incident or accident, <clears throat> we will do what, whatever necessary to um, to fix it. But in normal life, nothing is urgent, and we need to take our time to do proper due diligence before we appoint some supplier. Okay, so if you were to think, I, I used to think, and I used to say to people, um, in in operations, a problem hits daily. In sales, it's weekly. In finance, it's monthly. And now I've got a fourth one. In 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 procurement, it's yearly. Is it on a yearly cycle as such? There is not a problem as such. Or just the cycle of life, let's say. I, I'm not sure because we're supporting all these functions okay. simultaneously. And if one of the functions uh, face some problem... It will be our problem, and we'll we'll do our best to fix it okay. if we can, um, and we will also will do our best to prevent okay. this, uh, this issue. So, I'm not sure that it is irregularity, but we are trying not to create problems by ourselves. This is uh, why we are doing all the due diligence well in advance and monitor our, all our suppliers. Okay, I mean, because you, you mentioned to me when we had a chat before, is that in the transport sector the due diligence is pretty uh, much off the Richter scale? If, if we make a mistake, somebody will be killed and somebody will go to jail, literally. Okay, um, on, on, on that note, is that my next question is that. What would you say to someone by way of advice if they were starting their career off in the procurement, uh, FM procurement? So uh, let's say I've just graduated and I want to start, and I've suddenly put my hand up and said I want to start my career in FM procurement. What, what, what advice would you give me? Go to the shop floor and learn. Okay. Uh, just to learn this business... Um, not procurement, but business you are going to uh, work in and to understand what their needs are and how you can help them because procurement, we are supporting function. We are supporting business. We're not leading anything. We are supporting business needs. So just learn what they do. So you're almost saying that someone should have a business head first of that business before they go into a procurement um, job rather than straight into a procurement job. Um, Is that if, what you're saying? No, even if you go straight to procurement job, for example, you accepted by a job first time in yeah. your life, uh, spend few days with your engineers and few days with your HR, just shadowing them, just to understand what they're talking about, their language, their acronym, 
what their day-to-day life is and how you can help. Because right. if if daily they're doing the same routine and this annoys them, just suggest them some system. Maybe this system will change their life forever. Or, or whatever is that. But I understand business needs first and then do procurement. Because otherwise you will always chase um, cheaper solution um, if you will listen finance only, love them dearly, but if you will listen <laughs> finance only, it will be only savings can't possibly be a prime procurement target. It is fundamentally wrong approach. Innovations, efficiency, and if you run proper procurement process, savings will be natural outcome of this procurement process. So, what I mean, that's interesting you said that. I mean, obviously, um, Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services are a, a, a supplier of, of uh, cleaning services, and quite often we're up against um, a, a, a tender, let's say, where it's the cheapest bid or the most economically advantageous but what you're saying there is that that's not what you're about no procurement is is not about savings no it's 21st century no it's about innovations efficiency and um, uh, how reliable are you okay reliability yes correct reliability thank you looking specifically now at facilities management um has the way do you think that facilities management procurement changed over the years? Uh, yes, because it's more people focused now. Again, it's it is less about money. It is more about retaining these people with knowledge and um, sort of um, uh, keeping your friends close. Uh, y- or your yeah, business yes, uh, yes, close. but also. Um, uh, I want to keep people who know my business and who will help me. And if something happened, like pandemic, I know that I can call this supplier yeah. and I will be on top of uh, packing order and everything will be done. But if I will bash you over the head for all these many years and then I call you help, you'll say, you know what, go away. Because you, you pay me next to nothing. Mm-hmm. But if we uh, build partnership, if we maintain this partnership, if we maintain this conversation, is pandemic or not pandemic, whatever happened, we can find a solution. Okay. So now it is more people focused. So that's interesting. So, I mean, what, what I would say then is that, or the question I'd ask next is, you know, with the advent of sort of online meetings, obviously, as a result of which stem out of the pandemic, where people are using Zoom and Teams and stuff, do you feel that this has um, in any way affected the, the way strong partnerships with suppliers can be fostered? I.e., we're not having a face to face all the time, we're not seeing the whites of people's eyes, we're not seeing you know, the smile and the, the joke and those types of things. Do you think that's affected it? Um, yes. But um, for me, it will be hard to appoint supplier based on only um, Teams meeting um, because I need to meet, I prefer to meet face-to-face and okay, sort, that's of, sort of feel, feel the supplier. Um, but maybe I'm just old school. Mm, uh, but yes, meeting, meetings are very, very important and uh, this importance of small talk and just conversation outside of the um, business, like we were talking about cats, mm-hmm. um, it, 
it is important just to understand uh, what these people are about, because in the end of the day, I'm buying from people. Okay, and and you mentioned it's to do with you know, can I trust that person? Are they authentic? Yes, uh, yes it, it it helps me, but again, because I'm hundred years old, I'm old school. But yes. Yes. And and do you think that um, COVID and the way that we now work has kept, you know, us as suppliers and procurers, procurers more at arm's length? Yes, a little bit, but also it speed up the process. So if I need to have, for example, monthly meetings, I don't need to travel across the UK to meet the supplier headquarters. I can just mm-hmm. sit in my home office comfortably with my cats and cup of coffee and run this meeting. And um, effectiveness of this meeting will be the same. But uh, once a year or twice a year or whatever necessary, I will travel across the UK. And there needs to be that face and, and, and sit in supply office. And if it's cleaning company, are your office clean? Mm. For example, if it is catering company, how's your canteen? This sort of thing. It is like when I'm doing uh, going to manicure. First thing, I will uh, <laughs> check how good manicure of this beautician who is doing my yeah, manicure. Yeah. Because if you can't look after your manicure, why should I trust you with my beautiful hands? It, it again, it is maybe it doesn't sound that professional, but this is how uh, part of my uh, my personal due diligence. Well, we are working in with people, and yes. we're working in the people industry. So, I think uh, it's a it's, it's a very good point. Um, so, what do you think is the next big thing in procurement um, that you know us, let's say, Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services, need to look out for? Uh, doing your best to uh, keep all your good stuff. Uh, make sure that people don't leave. Retention. Retention. Because um, um, somebody recently told me that in terms of people, my biggest competitor is Amazon. Because Amazon sucked all the people to Amazon delivery. Uh, Or many years ago when I worked for um, some office company uh, and we realized that our biggest competitor, Starbucks. Because people are working in Starbucks doing doing their job. So it is not... um, necessarily competition not necessarily straightforward but I think for procurement it will be even more people focus than it is now okay. just to keep people thank you how and so how moving on to how important for example are um, sustainability issues I mean um, Hawkey cleaning and support services have been very big drivers internally on sustainability recently. Um, but how important um, is it sustainability issues uh, with a supplier that you work with? So a chosen supplier. Of course it is important. Don't take my pause differently. I just don't know where to start because whatever where. Um, uh, trains, railway, where as uh, sustainable as <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure where to start. We have all the sustainability. We have piles and piles of documents uh, which we produce um, on a regular basis for TFL and for parent companies. And it is a lot of clauses and clauses now, contracts, what we need to to satisfy and how we check all our suppliers. And then 
all our suppliers, they um, they registered, not sure whether we will be talk about it lately, in, um, uh, it's called Rail Industry Supplier Qualification System. Okay. So all these suppliers who want to work in, um, in rail industry, they, they have to there. go in that framework. Yes. But I, I remember you, you sent me some notes and stuff, just some uh, things that um, you mentioned on the sustainability issues and stuff. But one, one thing that was paramount over and above perhaps sustainability in the industry you work with was health and safety comes uh, first. Absolutely, yes. Safety first, yes. And yes. then it will be sustainability in that order. And then will be the, the rest of it. Yeah. Safety, yes. You need to come back home alive. Yes. If you had a crystal ball... Um, uh, what would you change about the, you know, the current procurement process as you see it to make it easier for, let's say, us? I don't need crystal ball in procurement. I know exactly what I need. <laughs> um, and we a wish list, let's say. And I partially have it already. Um, in rail industry, we have this system risk rail industry supply qualification system. It's run by RSSB, Rail Standard and Safety Board. Uh, and for the rest of the world, we have a company called Achilles. Yeah. So technically, it is a database of the suppliers. Uh, we have all the information about about them, financial stability, sustainability, all the policies, procedures, documents, but also beauty of both of the systems that auditors from these two companies physically will go to the supplier site and check that they can do the job they claim they, uh, they can. Okay. And this is because it is a lot of suppliers, yeah, say, I can do cleaning. Mm -hmm. Show me how you do it. Just show me. And... Uh, so, and this is very important. So what you like about it is that there's this one-stop shop of pre-qualified suppliers yes. sitting on a portal, let's yes, say. Yes, it is very important due diligence for me that somebody, bless them, already collected all the information. Because, for example, if I need to appoint some obscure electrician for do some very clever things, I have no idea what I'm talking about as a procurement. And suppliers say, yeah, I can do it. Um, how I even don't know what certificate to ask them for. Mm -hmm. Some this certificate or another or what standard or, okay. or, or whatever. And subject matter experts, maybe in our company, maybe they don't know anything, everything about it. Maybe we can miss something. Yeah. But um, a special auditing, auditing company, yeah. But, exactly. but as a supplier, let's say Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services, is that in order for us to get on to something like that, mm -hmm. we have to pay, what, £3,000 to yep. just get on there? Yep. And with no, with, with no um, understanding as whether it could lead to anything or not? Um, correct, but uh, when I run search for cleaning companies uh, for... Um, the cleaning companies in this system, uh, you will pop up, and uh, I will. Then I will do my shortlisting. Depends on right. your geographical coverage, your turnover, or, or whatever is that. Mm. Okay, and so, right, it's a one that you probably everybody asks normally at interview rather than anything else. Is that you know what what for Natalia is your biggest regret in your career to date? 
I don't have any regrets at all. Okay. How boring is I, that? I suspected no. you might say that. Okay. So what I will do is I'll ch change that question around a little bit. Is what if if you do something differently um, in your career today? What would you do differently? Probably not in the career, in my childhood, probably I would study different languages early because now I'm studying German and when you're hungry years old it's nearly impossible. Uh, languages, yes, because it's opened your horizons. Do you think that would have opened more of your horizons in your career then? Or just oh, in absolutely, really? yes, yes. Okay. Because uh, with English language you can work only on headquarters. Okay. And uh, because headquarters normally speaks English in every country, but if I want to work, for example, in Switzerland, I don't know Swiss law. Right. Uh, I know procurement, but I don't know Swiss law. And um, without language, it, uh, I can't possibly uh, learn Swiss law or what, okay. whatever is that. So, okay. languages. And, and what would you say is your greatest achievement in your career to date? I think that I managed to build my career from scratch, from from sort of on the bottom of a career ladder to top in both countries, in, in Russia and in, in England. So was, was that because you were like... Um, a go-getter or was it because of circumstances or was it because you like a challenge? I don't know to be honest but uh, uh, I always believe that I need to do as much as I can and then we shall see what happens. Okay, thank you for that. And, and finally, just um, what things in life it could be work, it could be leisure, whatever, gives you the greatest satisfaction and enjoyment? Um, travel and cats. Travel and cats. And, but sometimes having cats and travelling is not always compatible. So what happens when you go away and the, the cats, where do, where do the cats go? Um, um, my daughter will pick them up. This is beauty of having um, adult daughters. She's more friend than, than a daughter. Um, or we have, uh, again, it will be advertising now, oh, it is very, very posh cattery in Brentwood, in, in Essex, where it is big mansion, and every cat or pair of cats have their own room with all the furniture and the rest of it. They have a cat's bar, and so I want to live there. It is, it is it's bloody expensive, but it is absolutely fantastic place. As, I mean, that's very interesting. What I would say to you, and is it clean? Yes, because cats are very, very clean animal. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it.